So Waylon Jennings is invited. He accepts the invitation. He's there. They're singing the chorus. And I guess Stevie Wonder decides to sing part of the chorus in Swahili. And um, if you know anything about the country singer Waylon Jennings, he was a very, like, super, like, hardcore in his beliefs, a bit of an activist um, mindset. And um, he just, I guess he wasn't with it with the Swahili or he, he wasn't, like, in alignment with what Stevie Wonder was doing with the lyrics. And he walked he walked out. Imagine walking out of the recording session for one of the biggest songs of our time. Hey, family, and welcome back to another episode of Nice Watch Pod. I am your co-host, Ernestine Morrison, and I'm like, I'm solo dolo today. My voice in the corner, Dave Shands, is not here. My partner in crime, Karan Joseph Riley, is not here today. It's just me. You just get to have me today. Kind of love that, though, because I kind of just get to vibe with y'all today. So happy Friday. I hope you all had an amazing week. I hope you all watched the shows from last week that we spoke about. They were some nice watches. <sighs> so this week's nice watch. I might get a little emotional on this episode because what I watched this week was so mind-blowing, emotional, nostalgic, historic, that I'm like, everybody in the world needs to watch this project. The Greatest Night in Pop. I will say it again. Everybody in the world needs to watch The Greatest Night in Pop. It is excellence personified. Execution personified. History personified. Like 46 of the world's most famous, talented singers in the industry at that time all came together for one project. And that project was We Are the World. <sighs> I know I'm going to cry. I know I'm going to cry on this episode. Because first of all, let me rewind. I am one of the biggest Michael Jackson fans in the world. Like my relationship with Michael Jackson. And yes, it's a relationship. <sighs> my relationship with Michael has been like all my life. So I was partly raised by my grandmother. And she was a huge Michael Jackson fan. So naturally, I'm a Michael Jackson fan. Because that's all she listened to was MJ. I actually, I actually protested at the courthouse when he had his first court arraignment in LA because I grew up in LA. I protested. I was out there with my sign supporting Michael, and yeah, that was a whole another time, whole another story for a whole another episode. And then when he passed away, actually no, before he passed away, um, after the court arraignment, some random person came up to me and my 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 teammates. We all ditched school and ditched track practice to go to this court arraignment. This random guy comes up to me and he says, do you want to go to Neverland Ranch after this? And I'm like, yeah. So he's like, we have this bus, this chartered bus, and we're taking 75 people. You can come with us. And I'm like, of all the hundreds of people who are here, and you guys can go verify this on YouTube. If you, when, um, if you remember the scene where Michael Jackson got on top of the suburban and he was waving at everybody at the court that's the day I was there that was 2004 so I out of all these random people get invited to go on this bus they called it the love bus and they were charting the bus from the courthouse to Neverland Ranch and I got to go and I went so they let you off the bus right I have to give you this backstory because I need you to know the relationship and why this is so nostalgic to me so I get on the bus we go to Neverland they let us out in Hit like his backyard where Neverland, like the rides and stuff are. Now the rides are carnival rides and I don't like carnival rides. So I am roaming around the premises. I'm where I'm not supposed to be. I'm going up to the main house. 
pardon me guys. I have a really bad cough. I'm not sick. It's just like a chronic thing. Um, I'm roaming around the house. The main premise is I'm touching his door. I'm like, oh my God, this is Michael Jackson's front door. So then there's like this tree house. I climb up the tree house. There's a phone in there. I pick up the phone. I put the phone back down. I come back down. Um, the street that we're, that I'm on is named after his mother. It's like Catherine Lane or something. So I'm like, wow, I'm at Michael Jackson's house. So like there's probably like 200 people there. They're all in the back in the backyard where the rides are. Me and my teammate, Jonathan Adison, are <laughs> now where we're not supposed to be. And it's only us, like no security. It's just us. We're just roaming around the premises. And all of a sudden four black suburbans pull up and I freak out. I am stiff. I'm like, I'm not even breathing. Cause I'm like, am I, are we, are we going to get in trouble? Is it security? I don't know. The four black suburbans pull up, stop right in front of us. One of the doors opens. It's Janet Jackson. You've got to be kidding me one of the biggest stars in the world. This is the Janet Jackson opens the door and I'm frozen. I don't know what to do. I don't know whether I'm coming or going. And Michael Jackson is right next to her. And my stepdad who was with us says, Michael, my daughter's your biggest fan. Can't she have a hug? And he goes, sure, sure. Let her around. Tell her to come around the car on the other side. So I walk around the suburban. <clears throat> His security opens the door. He gets out and he hugs me. And that hug, I can still feel to this day. And I said, I'm hugging Michael Jackson. I said, Michael, I love you. He said, I love you too. So I had this crossbody bag that I took with me. And in that crossbody bag, I had a portrait, a picture of him that was um, drawn with a pencil and it was huge. It was like poster size, but I had it folded up, rolled up in my crossbody bag. So I unroll it. It's like a scroll. I unroll it and it's this, this big. And he goes, where did you get this? I love it. I said, Michael, can you sign this for me? He says, yes. He says, if you ever find another one of these, I want you to bring it to me. So in my mind, I'm like, Michael, I've got to find another one. I've got to bring it to Michael. He told me. So anyway, anyway, by this time, the reporters and all the people who were in the back have got wind that Michael has touched ground and they're all swarming. And by the time they get up to me, Michael's gone. He's in the house. Him and Janet, they got in the house. They were whisked away by security. So now it's just me and my dad and my, my stepdad and my teammate standing there and everyone's swarming. There's cameras, there's microphones all in my face. And I'm like, what they're like, what did Michael say? What did he say? Did he have any comments? And I'm like, I'm frozen still. I didn't hug this man. I didn't tell this man I loved him. I got his autograph. I'm freaking out right now. I'm on cloud nine. Fast forward when he dies. Every, rest in peace to Michael Jackson. But everybody who's ever known me from like kindergarten who knew how big of a fan I was has called my phone the day he dies. My phone's going off. It's chiming. It's ringing. My phone was going off so much that it died that day. And I had no clue what was going on. It was my first week working a new job. I was working at Nima Marcus in Las Vegas. And um, my phone is in the drawer, so I'm not even seeing that I have all these missed calls and texts. And I'm walking by the cafe at Nima Marcus, and in the cafe was a TV. And the TV was on. It was the news. And it says, Michael Jackson, car uh, cardiac arrest, whatever the headline was. And I'm frozen, y'all. I'm like, What? MJ is gone. They did his funeral at the Staples Center. 17,000 seats they were giving away to the public, right? 1.7 million people applied for the tickets. They're only choosing 17,000 out of 1.7 million. Of the 17,000, my aunt is one of the winners. She calls me immediately. I, I got tickets. Get ready. We're going to MJ's funeral. I fly from Las Vegas, <laughs> where I'm in college. Go to LA. I'm going to MJ's funeral. 
So I had to give you that backstory of my relationship with Michael Jackson because, yes, it was a relationship. He knew I loved him, and 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 I know I he knew I loved him, and I know I loved him. So, yeah, there we go. So fast forward to the nice watch of the week. The greatest night in pop. It is when Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie, Quincy Jones get some of the world's biggest stars together in one room for one night to create the song, the groundbreaking historic song that we've all heard millions of times. We are the world. I didn't know the history about how this song came about. So it was so interesting to see how they chose to do it the weekend of the Grammys because they knew all the stars would be in town for the Grammys. This is the one time that everybody will be in one central location and we can get who we need to get for this song. Now the song was created for charity um, there was a famine at the time going in, going on in Ethiopia where it affected like 1.2 million people in Ethiopia. So they wanted to come together and do this song for charity and raise millions of dollars. Right. And they did that song to this day has grossed over $63 million, over 20 million copies sold. One of the biggest, most powerful, most famous songs of our time. We are the world. So Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson and Quincy Jones, the Quincy Jones, they come together and they mastermind this song and they're writing the song and they're producing the song and they're, they're, who are we going to bring in? I mean, you guys, they have some of the big, the history buff in me was super excited about this watch because I'm a nerd and I love history, but you've got Bob Dylan, Tina Turner, uh, um, Stevie Wonder, Lionel Richie. Let me pull up the list of just so many people who were attached to this song. Um, Bob Dylan, Quincy Jones, Tina Turner, Dionne Warwick, Bruce Springsteen. Um, I mean, just the list goes on and on and on and on of the iconic musicians that were a part of this song. And some people turned it down. Like some people were invited and they didn't come or some people actually were in the room and they walked out. So I know like Prince, for example, declined the invitation. Um, something happened with Sheila E when she was there filming and maybe I, I think it, was, it wasn't going her way or something, but there was a country singer, Waylon Jennings. So Waylon Jennings is invited. He accepts the invitation. He's there. They're singing the chorus. And I guess Stevie Wonder decides to sing part of the chorus in Swahili and um, if you know anything about the country singer Waylon Jennings, he was a very, like, super, like, hardcore in his beliefs, a bit of an activist um, mindset. And um, he just, I guess he wasn't with it with the Swahili or he, he wasn't, like, in alignment with what Stevie Wonder was doing with the lyrics. And he walked, he walked out. Imagine walking out of the recording session for one of the biggest songs of our time. I, like, I just really sit and wonder, like, does he regret walking out does prince regret not accepting the invitation i'm sure there were <laughs> several musicians who didn't accept the invitation do they sit at home and think man i could have been on we are the world the one of the biggest songs of our time right that's a whole nother a whole nother thought but so the documentary chronicles how this night came together who the players were who accepted who declined how the night went oh, god there was this scene where Bob Dylan, the Bob Dylan, like Bob Dylan, who has freaking recorded 15 songs in one day, historic Bob Dylan, right? He's not a pop singer. This is, this is a totally different genre for him. There was a part of the documentary where it shows him almost struggling 
to hit the note, struggling to find the note um, of We Are the World. And then Stevie Wonder comes in and Stevie's helping him and he's on the he's on the piano and he's helping him through it. And then Quincy Jones. I learned so much about Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones is such a phenomenal communicator. He knows how to almost talk to anyone. Right. And, and, and bring them down from their frustration or their anxiety or their nerves. He did such a phenomenal job orchestrating and directing Bob Dylan to find the note. And he did it in such a pleasant way. And then Stevie was working with him. And it's like, these are iconic people, you guys. This is Stevie the Wonder and Bob the Dylan. And they're helping each other in this whirlwind of a song that happened in one night with the world's biggest stars. It just, I'm like... Yeah, the history buff in me. If you love music and you love history, this is the watch for you. It is such a phenomenal watch. It's like the educational aspect of it all, but then the historic aspect of it all. Like, who but Michael Jackson? Who but Michael the Jackson and Quincy the Jones can get 46 of the world's largest stars together in one room one night singing a song together? Like, you've got country singers folk singers, R&B singers, like all the country rock, all these different genres of music together to sing one song. I, I loved it. I loved it guys. It was so good. Let me know in the comments. If you um, are fans of any of these musicians that I named, let me know if you love, we are the world. If you're a Michael Jackson fan like me, let us know in the comments. Um, it's just definitely a phenomenal watch. I wrote down here, um, <clears throat> Quincy Jones, right? Quincy Jones is single-handedly responsible for some of the careers of the biggest stars in the world, right? And one thing I took from Quincy was his leadership skills. He is such a leader, like leaner, leader personified. The way he was able to communicate with the different artists and, and have everybody check their ego at the door and just be on one accord and you still operating your gift and you operating your gift. And even when there's a little conflict here, I'm going to lead us to the destination. The destination is to get this one song finished. He, I learned so much from just watching the way he maneuvered this situation and creating this song and putting all these mega stars in one room. I'm like, I don't know if there's many Quincy Jones books. I'm sure there are, but if not, Quincy needs uh, to write a book on leadership and being the captain of a ship because he really was the captain of that ship and did it in such a phenomenal way where he was able to talk to these artists who operate in different genres of music and different mindsets and perspectives and just get everybody on one accord. And Michael Jackson, <laughs> He's such a perfectionist. He's such a true artist that it reminded me, I'm like, do we have any artists who are like that in this day and age? Let me know in the comments who you think is an artist that's on a Michael Jackson level, that pays attention to the details, that pays attention to the finite um, uh, details of the craft. Like Michael Jackson, and you can really, really see it in this documentary, he was a true craftsman. And I believe that that's missing from the industry. Not only the music industry, but the arts and entertainment industry, social media influencer industry. I think that people are not a student of the craft the way Michael Jackson was a student of the craft. And you can see how he, how he caught a beat, how he came up with it, how he heard melodies in his head, how he would sing the melody and then tell the other artists, okay, come in here. Okay, this is where you come in. Okay, you get, you get lower here. And he just heard it in his head and he's creating this sound from his head. And it's just like, yo, this is, this is a master 
creating a masterpiece in real time and you get to be in on it. It's like it's like you are sitting on 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 the couch on the love seat in the studio with them and you get to be in on this process of making one of the most historic top selling songs of our time. We are the world. It's just I cried watching it. There were certain times where I cried, certain times where I got goosebumps and the the hairs on the on my back raised because it was like it was so monumental. And it meant so much to Michael and it meant so much to Lionel and it meant so much to Quincy that they were willing to just put it all on the line. And then you've got this, these icons like Stevie Wonder just feeling the music. He's feeling it. He's feeling it. He's creating on the spot. He's finding the tune. And it's like you got Bruce Springsteen and Stevie Wonder and Sheila E and Tina Turner, all these different genres of artists on one song and you get to see their process and how they find it. And, you know, Michael was making sure um, everybody hit their notes. <laughs> it was a couple, a couple artists that the, the note came in a little flat. The note came in a little flat and Michael would be like, hmm, okay, do it again. Do it again. No, 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 no. Too high here. He, and he, and he, he was just such a craftsman that he orchestrated this whole thing. And we got a masterpiece. And I think it should be a testament to us all to be a student of our crafts to really pay attention to the details. Greatness happens in the details. And I think we overlook that so much because it's a popcorn society now. Popcorn, it's microwave, microwave. It's quick, it's quick. 15 minutes of fame here. Oh, this went viral here. Oh, this pops here. But like, I always say the cream will rise to the top. That's never gonna change. The cream will always rise to the top. If you are a student of your game, if you are a student of your craft, you will have longevity and success in a thing. But if you don't study your craft, if you don't become a student of creation and a student of your field, it's like you can be hot for one minute. You can have a pop. You can have a a hit song on the charts one week or maybe a couple months and you have a nice run. But to be in this industry, the music industry, the arts and entertainments, your industry, to be at the top of your industry year on year on year on year on year on year after year after year after year, that takes a level of craftsmanship. And craftsmanship comes from being a student. And a student comes from that burning desire, that eagerness to be the best and know your industry inside out, outside in. And I think that's what we're we're missing from the world right now, from multiple industries. And with this watch, the greatest night in pop showed me was just greatness personified. How do we get back to being great? Paying attention to the details just being great at our craft, pulling in other people who are on your level, pulling in peers um, who may think differently from you or have different perspectives, but they're at the top of their game and their craft. How do we come together? If you do this and you do this and I do this, and even though they're all different, but we're all at the top of our game, how do we come together and be in alignment on this one thing? That's what We Are The World showed me. And they did it for charity, guys. Like they literally did this song for charity and they put so much um, excellency, greatness, execution, all in this one thing for charity to change the world. And it's like when you go back now and you listen to the, the words and lyrics of We Are The World, make a better place for you. It's like you feel them differently now. You feel them differently because now you understood the journey of how we got here. You understood the journey of all these artists coming in on one night and creating this masterpiece and how 
you came from a di- different walk of life. You came from a different walk of life. You came from a different walk of life. And we brought all of our experiences together and our talents together and we created one sound. That to me is just like mind blowing. It is like a life lesson. There's so many, there's so many parables in the way this, this documentary, how it came about. There's so many parables that I can go deep, 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 deep. But I would say if you are looking for something to watch that feels good, that motivates you, that inspires you, that gets you back to your passion, that makes those hairs on your arms raise up again, that gives you goosebumps again, that reignites the flame in you. The greatest night in pop is a bona fide, certified nice watch. It's almost like I just don't even have anything else left to say because how do you in your field now, how do you get all the people who are topping your field now in one room? Do you have that power? Do you have the communication skills? Do you have that leverage? Do you have that influence to get all the top people in your space in one room and align them for one project? Whether it be that real estate project, whether it be that movie script, whether it be the book, whether it be the webinar, the seminar, the conference that we all, you know, we all going to bring our talents to and launch this thing. Do you have that influence and power now? And it really just showed me like Michael Jackson had that influence and power. Lionel Richie had that influence and and power. Quincy Jones had that influence and power because they were operating in their gift at the highest level. When you dive into your gift, your individual gift, and you are finite with the details, you are operating from excellency and greatness, you will begin to build a leverage and influence for yourself where you're able to call Michael Jackson, you're able to call Quincy Jones, you're able to call the who's who in your space, right? And that was the beautiful part about it all. And and to see that they all came together hearing the song for the first time, some of them hearing the tune for the first time, Michael creating some of the sound for the first time, just on the spot and how Stevie Wonder just got on there on the piano and just hearing it and playing it like music, music moves us all. I mean, I think that whether you listen to rock country, pop rap, heavy metal music moves us all. And to see these different genres of music come together to move us on one sound It's like one of the most incredible things I've ever watched. One of the most incredible things I've ever watched. So I don't have a whole lot for you guys today because I'm so high off this project. I'm still thinking about it like, wow, this is Michael Jackson. We get to watch Michael Jackson work from the ground level. Some of this footage is never, never before seen footage where you get to watch these icons create from the ground, like make something out of nothing. It's magical. It's like giving birth. When you are able to create something out of nothing, make something out of nothing, you are giving something life and birth. You are breathing life into a thing. It is literally like watching childbirth. And what we all got to do with The Greatest Night in Pop is watch them give birth. Watch these 46 iconic stars, bona fide stars. And we think we have stars in 2024. These, in 1985, this one night, for the Grammys, these 46 artists were bona fide stars. These were real stars. 
These weren't like, oh, you just had a cute 15 minutes of fame. No, these are bona fide stars from all genres of music in one room. And we get to watch them give birth. We get to watch them create from the ground up. You get to watch Michael Jackson. You get to watch his brain work. You get to see Lionel Richie's brain work. You get to see how Quincy Jones is the phenomenal master orchestrator. It's magical, guys. Like, I'm hype about it because I literally felt like I watched magic. I literally feel like I watched magic. So I'm not going to be long today, guys. Happy freaking Friday. I need you, not want you, but I need you to go to Netflix right now or this weekend. Grab a friend, grab a date, pop some popcorn, get your little snacks. I personally like popcorn M&Ms mixed together, but that's neither here or there. Get a date and watch The Greatest Night in Pop on Netflix. Happy Friday, guys. We'll see you back hopefully next week. Haran Joseph Riley, my partner in crime, will be back. Our voice in the corner, David Shands, will be back. And we'll see you next Friday on another phenomenal episode of Nice Watch.